coming up on Stu Does America. We all figured Joe Biden would be just an extension of former President Obama and his awful policies. But I don't even think we expected it to happen this quickly. Glenn Beck joins us to preview his newest special, How Biden Will Complete Obama's Radical Transformation of America. And Glenn Beck's own head writer and researcher Jason Buttrell has been boycotting the NFL all season. But can he make it through the Super Bowl, which incidentally I am going to tomorrow? Have I told you that enough lately? I don't know. We'll check in with Jason and check out his perspective. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Well, what about our podcast? If not, you're missing out on our free episodes. Head to stewdoesamerica.com now to stream the show or join the fight against conservative censorship with a subscription to Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And for a limited time, you'll get 30 bucks off. Andrew Cuomo is so awful that I am starting to run out of adjectives to describe his awfulness. Send me more ideas if you have them at Studios America on Twitter and everywhere else. But today, let's do Cuomo's Calamity. Stu does America. All right, everybody, let's check in with America's governor for just a moment. The one, the only, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo said Friday that on our current trajectory, New York City could reopen indoor dining on February 14th, typically a busy day for the restaurant industry. As the governor spoke, average per capita case counts in New York City were 64 percent higher than when he announced an indefinite ban on indoor dining in December. Average COVID-19 hospitalizations in the city, while trending downward, were still 60 percent higher then late last week, uh, late last week than they were when Cuomo closed the restaurants initially. And the test positivity rate was more than a percentage point higher. Cuomo has said the decision to open uh, any part of our economy is based on four metrics. New cases per capita, hospitalizations, the test positivity rate and the rate at which people are infecting one another. Gareth Rhodes, deputy superintendent at the State Department of Financial Services and a member of the governor's COVID-19 task force, said the important metrics are not where the numbers are, but are where they are headed. And that all trends are headed downward, both across the state and in the city. However, he said the opposite was true in December when trends suggested a climb in cases and hospitalizations. The decision to reopen indoor dining came amid growing criticism of the governor for scorning the expertise of public health officials over the advice of the business lobby. Even the governor's own virus data proved less rosy than he presented. Cuomo suggested that test positivity rates for New York had fallen by 30 percent, with a chart depicting uh, a drop using data points chosen from daily swings. In fact, the numbers he presented, 7.1 percent and 4.9 percent, were the highest and lowest daily numbers in January to that point, extremes that did not exactly reflect the overall trend. Here is the daily test positivity data presented alongside a seven-day average to account for daily fluctuations. The averages show a more modest 17% drop in test positivity compared with the 30% drop in Cuomo's chart. The governor's chart had other issues. The vertical axis wasn't labeled and did not begin at zero. So at a glance, it suggested that the latest positivity rate was closer to zero than it actually was. And the graph's curve did not follow any underlying values between the two data points. However you look at it, though, 
the positivity rate was still higher than it was on December 11th. When Cuomo announced the ban on indoor dining, it has remained steady since. Let me ask you a question. Does anything seem strange about this monologue at all? Does it seem any different to you than any other night? Maybe if you noticed a little bit that I didn't say Andrew Cuomo was awful. Dot com. Like you may have expected me to. Or maybe you noticed I didn't call Cuomo a douche at any time during that monologue, which is obviously out of character for me. And believe me, I will always make sure I call Andrew Cuomo a douche whenever he is a douche, which is always, he is always a douche. It's interesting, though, you might not have noticed any difference between this monologue and any of the other dozens of Cuomo monologues I've done over the past year. Feels like Groundhog Day all the time around these parts. And that's what makes this monologue so important, because that wasn't my monologue. Everything you just heard came directly from the New York Times. We are now at the point of the story where the average person can't tell the difference between our stupid little show and the way the New York Times is covering Andrew Cuomo. This is how bad it is for America's dumbest governor. It's not just us noticing anymore. Everyone is noticing. Democrats in New York are noticing. National media is noticing. And now even the bastion of unadulterated Cuomo praise, the New York Times, is noticing. Now, much of the tone of the New York Times piece seems to suggest that New York shouldn't open up restaurants. Considering he closed them when, you know, the situation was much better, it's an understandable argument. But it's also important to note that Cuomo has won much of his accolades from the media for keeping the economy mostly shut down, even when there wasn't a lot of cases in New York. The theory was that his incredible brilliance, the thing that protected New York through all of this tough time, as the South struggled with a second wave of the virus, Cuomo was there to shut it down with all of his restrictions. But if there is any honesty left in the world, this has been flat out disproven as a theory. If anything, a place like Texas is even more open than it was, and New York has remained largely closed until this you know, latest announcement. And yet, here is where New York and Texas look like you know, right now. Let me give you the cases. This is September to late January. Look at these two charts next to each other. I mean, they look like basically the exact same chart. I'm not saying that our safety measures make absolutely no difference, though one could probably make that case from this situation. But there are a lot of factors. People are spending more time outside down south in the winter. Maybe population density is a factor in New York City. Maybe the strict laws breed lesser compliance, especially outside of the city. Maybe people in the city are constantly virtue signaling their compliance so that people are breaking the rules only inside their tiny old apartments instead of better ventilated public gathering locations. Maybe God is punishing New York for electing Andrew Cuomo. Who knows? The only thing we do know is that Andrew Cuomo is punishing New York for electing Andrew Cuomo. The editors at National Review have a new piece out called Andrew Cuomo's Shame. And they show the devastation Cuomo and a couple of other blue state governors have unleashed on their unsuspecting populations, especially as it relates to Cuomo's March 25th executive order guaranteeing the import of COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Quote, more than 12 percent of New York nursing homes residents have succumbed to the virus. Stop and think about that for a minute. More than 12 percent of all people in nursing homes have died from coronavirus in New York. 
In New Jersey, where a policy similar to Cuomo's was enacted, the death toll was similar. 12% of nursing home residents felled by the virus. In Florida, where nursing homes were forbidden to accept people with coronavirus, that figure is 1.6%. And yet it's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis who gets filleted by the media constantly for his performance, while Cuomo's performance was at least seven and a half times as bad. But give Cuomo credit. He's managed to unite the New York Times, Democrats, he appointed, National Review, and even this stupid little show on one important issue. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. You know what you could do? You could let big tech sites revoke your right to free speech. I mean, that's possible. It's a lot of fun. Why not instead revoke their right to your data? That's why I chose to protect my online data by using ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's more important, uh, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect from eavesdroppers or your network or whatever. ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to use. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy with a VPN I trust, expressvpn.com slash stew. I'll be, uh, I'll be, you know, I... It, the thing I've always been worried about with, with VPN services is that they can slow your phone down, they can slow your computer down. It doesn't happen with ExpressVPN. It's the best one out there. You'll get three extra months of ExpressVPN service for free when you sign up. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash stew. Uh, check it out. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. Protect your data today. Welcome back to the program. Glenn Beck, he's the host of uh, the... Glenn Beck radio show, the Glenn Beck TV show. You know, that's what he does. He's got a new special tonight, How Biden Will Complete Obama's Radical Transformation of America. And it airs uh, directly tonight after the program, 9 p.m. Eastern. Glenn, thank you for coming in. I can't believe I keep getting booked on this stupid show. <laughs> hey. Hey, well, I mean, it's a big commute for you, so I yeah. thought, you know. Yeah. Um, quick, uh, so you have a, a Ben Shapiro on the podcast this week. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes. He's a, he's a big, big personality. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're doing a good job so far uh, at this. Thank you. Uh, what, what, what are the topics you might discuss with Ben? News of the day. <laughs> really? Mm. Okay. Well, this is fun. Glenn Beck. He hosts the Glenn Beck radio show and TV <laughs> show here on Blaze TV. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Podcast. Uh, ben. Yes. Do you talk to him about space lasers? I do. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? I don't know. You're in a weird mood here. I don't know what to do with this. I I so want to go on a live, you know, like a CNN Mm -hmm. and just do that. Yes. Just just do that to them. Just they will have no idea what to do. Yeah. No. Um, But I won't uh, go on CNN. I don't think anybody else will either. Uh, You know, I saw that. uh, Did you see the thing? You did. Sorry. To be clear, you did walk off in the middle of a CNN interview. Brian Stelter. Yeah. (laughs) So, Uh, I mean, that's just as good. I'm a -hmm. a trendsetter. Yes. I was ahead of the curve again. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Did you see the guy who hired him said, you know, you got to have some conservatives on, Brian. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering, who would go on that show as a conservative? 
Yeah, I mean, do you want to be called a racist, a fascist? What, what would you prefer? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be people like Mitt Romney that go on to that show. And even him, like Mitt Romney came out today and said something to the effect, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh-huh. uh, in sports, boys should compete with boys and girls should compete with girls. Well, that's de-platform worthy, right? If I, I think if you're like a Trump supporter, you're off the platform for that. Now, Mitt is not a big Trump guy, so maybe he survives this. Is, but I mean, this is not, you're not allowed to say those things, are you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have Ben Shapiro on yes. uh, this week for um, uh, for the podcast. And it, it was a it was a in a good way, a meandering interview. We just kind of it was just two people, just two friends talking mm-hmm. about what's happening in our world. And um, uh, we started with the space laser, which <laughs> uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes. Is uh, said that. And, and, I, and I don't have any facts on this one, so I'm going to have to trust her or not mm-hmm. um, that PG&E actually started all the fires or was responsible for a lot of the fires in California. Now, you might have read something about PG&E and, and, and having some you know, responsibility. Yeah, and that's actually real. Right. What are you saying? That the part where she says because they have a laser in space that uh-huh. is part of a satellite that can target uh, dead trees in different parts of California mm-hmm. and start the fire. And those that satellite is um, funded largely by Jews. <laughs> that <laughs> part of it doesn't seem as accurate. Well, yeah. It also yeah. seems, mm-hmm. Glenn, entirely inefficient. Like, why will, if, if fires are easy to set on Earth. Why Get would a you put a, a satellite and a laser up there? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Ridiculous. Yeah. Unless, I mean, unless the Jews want to target lots of places, you know, mm-hmm. like if Texas is next or something, you're like, I don't know if they have any matches. Do we have any people out there that are willing to start a fire in Texas? No. Okay, use the space laser. I mean, <laughs> it just I don't, seems like it would yeah. be an easier. Like, it seems like a Dr. Evil thing. There are some jobs that Americans won't do, but someone would light a fire for <laughs> yeah, you in a forest, yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, absolutely. 15 bucks an hour. I don't think you do more than that. So, I mean, she's well, just ridiculous. So let's start with the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing a little bit. Because there's a big part of me that just thinks this is Democrats pointing out the craziest things said yeah. by anybody in a Republican Congress because yeah. they want to smear everybody. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's us pointing out Hank Johnson saying, you know, I think the, the island of Guam might capsize, capsize. Uh, if you put too many people on one side of the island. Uh, you know. It could. It's <laughs> unlikely, but it could. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Okay, we'll um, have to look into that. I think science is on my side on that mm. one. Um, but, uh, you know, there... Uh, if, if you want to look at who's got more crazy, dangerous people in their party, I'd have to give that award to the Democrats right now. Yeah. Make that case a little bit, because I want to go I want to go into what the Republicans are supposed to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. But the, the point here of hypocrisy from the left is really Red, valid. I want to play Red Rover, Red Rover. OK, you know, we all hold hands. All the Democrats are holding hands. All the Republicans are mm-hmm. holding hands. And whoever runs out of people to send right over first mm-hmm. uh, uh, loses. OK. And what it is, is, uh, you know, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Marjorie Taylor Greene right over because she's nuts. Mm-hmm. OK. Now, she, I don't think she's actually nuts. She just believes things that I think are nuts. Um, and she was a representative of the people of Georgia. They voted for her. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, that's what Georgians want. That's what Georgians get. And we have no place to say anything about it, quite honestly. So they say, send her right over. Okay. All right. So we're looking for people who are nuts. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Maxine Waters? There's entire, like, eras of Democrats. Like, Maxine Waters and, you know, uh, Ilan Omar are totally different eras of Democrats. Right. That being said, they are just as crazy. I mean, they're, they're, they're as crazy as each other in different ways. Correct. And I don't, I, I, I don't, uh, I, I mean, I, I just, uh, let, let's just say Red Rover, Red Rover, send everybody who has been a member of the Socialist Party <laughs> right. and wants to destroy America right over. That Progressive Caucus, they're all nuts in the Progressive yes. Caucus. The entire caucus is nuts. Uh, I, and it, yes, you can point to, uh, you can point to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're going to point to a couple. There's a Colorado representative they like to bring up in this context. They don't like people like Matt Gates and, and, and Louis Gohmert. And there's there's some people they highlight on the, on the right that they think are are bad representatives. Um, but uh, the number that we could go to when it comes to uh, you know Democrats, it's dozens. Like I could, I would have, I would run out of time on this show naming them all. And they're all crazy in different ways. Some are crazy, you know, this new weird white fragility stuff. Some are anti-Jews, uh, anti-Semites. Red Rover, uh, Red Rover, send everybody so who's hung out with Louis Farrakhan <laughs> right over. <laughs> That's half the I mean, caucus. we win every time. Yeah. And, and it's just, I'm just so tired of all of it. I just don't even I mean, we had a couple of uh, stories on this this week and I'm just not I don't even find it yeah. funny anymore. I don't even find it interesting anymore because it's the hypocrisy is just so great. Well, let, and, me, let me go to the tougher part of this thing, because we can both say, right, uh, they're worse and they are worse. Yeah. OK. Marjorie Taylor Greene, though, really does believe some, or at least at one point, believe some really nutty things. And, what, the and Jewish space laser? The Jewish space laser is at least, like, fun. I think <laughs> at least a fun theory. But, like, well, seems to, seemingly also, uh, at least at one point, believed that there was this video of Hillary Clinton, like, carving up some innocent child and that Hillary Clinton was murdering people to cover it up. Uh, not as a fun a theory. <laughs> It's really just disturbing. Do you say, are you? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure. saying that the Clintons had been killed 250 people? <laughs> I'm gonna go with yeah <laughs> on that. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Right. Um, but there is this, like, you know, the, the Nancy Pelosi thing was, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, sucks, as we've made mm-hmm. very clear on lots of pens and, mm-hmm. and mugs and cups. Um, she's terrible, but. Uh, you know, she talked about uh, she was, you know, liking people's quotes who were saying they wanted to put a bull in her head. I mean, yeah. you know, this is this is way over the line. Do Republicans say, hey, we don't want you on our committees. We don't want you in our party. Um, they don't have a right to say that. Well, they have a right to say that they don't have a right to send her home from Congress, but they have a right to say, look, I guess you're we don't out want of you in party. party. Yeah. We don't want you on our committees. Sure. Should um, they do that? I don't I know. Don't, I, I don't I don't think think so uh, i mean yeah maybe they maybe they should say i don't want you in the party but once you start doing that uh first they came for marjorie green uh taylor taylor green yeah. or taylor green um just, you know oh, the only right. one that's going to be left in that is like a mitt romney right you know yeah they're always going to find a new right. reason they're always going to find a new reason so um you know do it if you feel it's the right thing to do for you and the party i just don't like you know, 
What, what happened to the idea that we are a big tent party? That, that Nobody talks about that anymore. No. I mean, the, the Democrats have like a changing booth, you know, a beach tent that is just made for one person changing into the swimsuit. Yes. That's it. It's a small There's, tent. It's a very small, <laughs> it's a tent. small tent. And getting smaller. Yeah. You know, I, it, it seems like Andrew Cuomo might find himself on the wrong side of this. Uh, lately. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I know. It's hard to. I, I mean, mean but I just, Democrats I, are putting out reports. Democrats are calling him out. Democrats are saying they want to take away the, his no. COVID powers. The New York Times is calling him out, as we just talked about, with, uh, with the way he's manipulating graphs and stats. This is a significant. So what did he do wrong? No, I don't mean what what we know. Mm -hmm. What did he do wrong to the party? Because there's no way. I mean, he's been doing this forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole covid thing has been crazy. Is it that Trump is gone and now they don't believe? I don't think so. Yeah. What, What did he do behind the scenes that hurt the party? That's how you know that they're going to go away. Like when they do that. That's the line for the Democrats. It's only like a, yeah, a political you, injury. When you have set when you have set yourself against the party or above the party and you're not playing ball, that's when they that's when they'll take you out. Is there is there an, a, an example off the top of your head that you can think of of a Democrat who has had a good approval rating like Cuomo has had that eventually screws up his job so badly he goes away? Like, I mean, I can think of like personals like John Edwards, popular Democrat, you know, cheats on his cancer stricken wife, which at this point seems like an almost like barely even a scandal. Yeah, honestly, um, you know, but having sex with your cancer stricken child probably would make it to maybe, maybe. You know? I don't even know. <laughs> um, but he, like he like disappeared after that. You know, he was he, we really haven't heard much from him. Democrats, though, that's pretty rare. And it's almost it's, you know, Harvey Weinstein, right? Mm. You got to be really bad. And it seems to be almost exclusively personal scandals that make that happen. I mean, Mary and Barry came back from a freaking, you know, doing a crack. Yeah, doing on crack on a and was the mayor belly. Again. I mean, it's just like, you know, it, it, I, I don't think there is. There's not. A, there's not. There's a, not. This it's can't like, happen to Cuomo. It's why all of this is happening. It's why all the conspiracies of the space laser and everything else. There's an implosion of trust. I talk about this a little bit in tonight's special, where this is the culmination of everything we've been talking about and warning about. Mm. This is the implosion of trust. There is no trust for anything. When I was watching Nancy Pelosi talk about police officers, when they're, when they're doing the service for the police officer at Capitol Hill that was shot, I, what, what? How inexplicable. How can anyone believe it? They've been saying they were working with the rioters for the past few weeks. We all know these are lies. Mm -hmm. We all know these are lies. Um, How this survives, how our faith survives, our churches. Do we trust our churches? Do we trust our school? Do we trust our school teachers? Do we do we trust media? Do we trust the newspaper or the radio? You don't trust anything. Yeah. You don't trust anything. You trust your bank. How can you trust anything? You know, like, the, like, how well, that's you, why we need a, that's why we need a, a reality. Czar. A reality czar. czar. Yeah. I was listening to an interview um, with uh, Megan Kelly. Did you hear this? And it was, she interviewed someone who was at the Capitol Hill, uh, the Capitol situation and did not go into the building, mm-hmm. but was a business owner. I think we've talked mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. about her before. 
Um, and she, Megan went down, the, was talking about the COVID restrictions and all that and wound up going down this road of trying to figure out how she got information. Because she was a believer that on January 6th, Mike Pence was going to overturn this somehow and Donald Trump was going to go into the office. Now, I don't see how anybody could believe could have believed mm-hmm. that. Like I I know a lot of people that did. A lot of people did. People mm-hmm. that I talk to on a routine basis that are normal and sane and you know, I had they, a worker in my house, you know, they're, we're we're remodeling our house. Oh, what a stupid thing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um a guy was working there and he's like, "Yeah, but it's not over, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." And he's like, "No, no, no. The 6th." And I'm like, no, that's that's the official date when it's over. No, but they got something. No, 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 no they, they don't. don't. They don't have no, anything. Don't. There's nothing there. Yeah. And like, you know, it's one thing to say, like, I, I don't like the way, you know, some, you know, one of the states, you know, counted their votes or whatever. Or a lot of the states. There's a lot of that stuff. But like to believe that Donald Trump was going to get on stage and arrest Hillary Clinton in the middle of I mean, that was legitimately what a lot of these people believed. And and she kept asking her how she got this information, and why she believed it. And her answer was basically, I can't trust any media sources. I don't believe that they all lie to me. So what I do is I go on Instagram and I type in a hashtag like stop the steal and just start reading the stuff. And it's like, well, everyone should recognize that, that the people who are, are tweeting that way obviously already feel they already have come to a conclusion that is, in this case, incorrect. Um, and they, they she went down this this long rabbit hole with no still- real way to get out of it because she didn't trust the media who. How many times have you been asked, what sources do you trust? Yeah, a lot. People a lot. ask a lot. Yeah, A lot. I have a friend who runs the website SpinQuark, which yeah, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a very bright guy. I don't, just because he's published that and linked to it, I don't necessarily think that that's right. Yeah. I, I look at it as an interesting point of view because I know where he's coming from. A lot of times he nails the overall picture, mm-hmm. um, but... Not always do sure. I agree with him. And there's sometimes I read it and I'm like, that's not right because of this. Most people don't think that way. Right. We're paid to do it. Right. And I, you know, my job is to look at these sources and figure, try to determine what's real and what isn't. But like the average person doesn't have time to do that. And they're so turned off by the media, they don't even attempt to look at it to try to decipher it anymore. It's just like they just look for things that too often just confirm what they already believe. You got to go to justthenews.com. Mm-hmm. That's one. I know the Blaze works really hard. Oh, yeah. um, Leon is always uh, all over yeah. everything um, on that. Daily Wire mm-hmm. works really hard for mm-hmm. their credibility. The Daily Caller works hard for their credibility. Um, you know, there are sources out there, but even that. You're just looking at, you're just named cons- mainly conservative. Right. It's just You've the news is more down the middle. You've got to read the Washington Post, New York Times. Yeah. You have to. You have to read those. Because m- my father told me once, when we were talking about religion, he said, stack all religion, all the beliefs up and think of it as transparency. So everybody's got their belief and they stack them up. And he said, where they intersect, that's true. And you know that to be true. And that's kind of what you have to do now for the news. Yeah. You have to look and see all of the different sources and you look for the through line. You go, OK, that's true, because everybody who's competing against each other they all believe that part. And right now, that's very few things. Mm. 
All right, uh, Glenn Beck, uh, the uh, special is tonight, How Biden Will Complete Obama's Radical Transformation of America. The Ben Shapiro podcast airs this week as well. Uh, make sure to stick around for that. And you can get uh, early access to the Ben Shapiro podcast by being a Blaze TV subscriber. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Uh, enter the promo code Stu. That's how they know. Yeah. Like this stupid show, you'll save 30 bucks and you get it tomorrow, you said? Yeah. All right, cool. Glenn, thanks, thanks for coming on. You bet. All right, back in a second. talked to you yesterday about AOC's life-threatening, harrowing experience as she hid behind a wall uh, and a door uh, as someone broke into the office and said, where is she? Where is she? During the Capitol riots. The protesters came in. They were going to get her. Uh, well, we found out pretty quickly that it actually wasn't a protester. It was a police officer who was coming in to help them, saying, hey, where is she? We need to help her. Uh, anyway, we now have more detail. She wasn't even at the Capitol. Here's the uh, quote. Uh, so her near-death experience was an overreaction to a Capitol Police officer knocking on her door to direct her to another building, the Longworth Building, where she stayed in an office of Representative Katie Porter. Instead of thanking the officer, she paints him as somehow a possible danger of which to be afraid. The Capitol Police were likely trying to evacuate the building quickly. It's possible the officer was focused on getting people out quickly, so likely didn't have time for all the niceties. The headline of the story is AOC wasn't even in the Capitol Building during her near-death experience. This is AOC. It's what you should expect. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be challenging. That's why you need a real estate agent who can come in and take charge if you need someone to direct you to make the best price. The, uh, whether you're buying or selling, you need the best price. You also need someone who knows what they're doing, who knows the market. You need realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're moving across the country, maybe coronavirus has uh, uprooted you and you have to go to a new job somewhere else in the country, you're not going to know who to pick for a real estate agent. Well, you will if you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. These agents are screened. They're the best agents in the area. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com today and check it out. Get more information on the best way to buy and sell a home and who you should do it with. You should have somebody you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm joined now by Jason Buttrell. He's the uh, head writer, researcher for the Glenn Beck program uh, right here on Blaze TV. The big special is coming up. We talked to Glenn about it a little bit. Uh, Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking to uh, Glenn about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Okay. This congresswoman who said a lot of little wacky things on the Internet, um, some of them very disturbing. Um, and uh, she is kind of like the Republicans are in this weird spot where I think they recognize that some of the stuff she's done is a little bit past where they they're comfortable with. Do they do they pull her off of committees? Do they pull her out of uh, any any leadership roles she might wind up having? On the other side, there's a, there's a separate movement going on to do the same to Lynn Cheney for coming out and voting for the impeachment. What are Republicans supposed to do with all this? Uh, yeah, this is it's very odd. Just the grouping of the two of them, which is strange. Uh, on one side, the, the first off, I don't think that Republicans, the GOP needs to get at all into playing this Democrat game. Mm. I don't think that just because Democrats don't like her that Republicans should be like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll throw you a bone and, you know, you can't argue with these people. You can't. 
you're arguing with people that are calling you racist, fascist, and Hitler right. if you go even a slight little bit in the other direction. Don't play that game. I, I uh, like some of the stuff that she's, you know, I, they're, they're mostly concerned with memes, liked uh, yeah, Facebook some of comments. It's really re- I mean, people liking comments. I don't know how much you can take from that. Right. Some of it, it does seem like she's definitely, at one point at least, was down the conspiracy road, though. I think we can grant that. Sure. Um, but I don't think that's Congress's choice to say that, yeah. uh, you know, that we're going to censor this woman because she she won a pretty it was it was pretty much a landslide in her election wasn't yeah. it like 70 something percent yeah i mean any republican who wins the primary is going to win that district right, right. Uh, but she won the primary right and and the her, crowded primary and her constituents if if they believe in some of that stuff for all that that's that's on her that's on them really yeah i, I, I agree so i think that congress needs to completely stay out of that well like well just just to drill down a little bit into that if a socialist runs for Congress, a socialist party member, and of course I, I act as if, wouldn't it be crazy if a socialist was in Congress? <laughs> we definitely have them. But like someone who actually was running under the socialist banner, maybe the Revolutionary Communist Party banner, and they won their district. They should be seated, yeah. and that, rep, that view should be represented. Um, th- that does not mean, however, if a re- revolutionary communist ran um, it somehow got on through the Republican ticket, that they'd need to keep her in the Republican caucus. Um, they could say, hey, you get to stay in Congress. We can't do anything about that. But we can say we're not putting you on committees and we're not going to be associated with you. They right. could do that sort of mid step. Should they do something like that? They could do that. I would. <laughs> that's that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting scenario, because, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine that Republican voters would vote in, a, you know, a communist candidate. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just kind of out there. Yeah, but, that sounds wild. <laughs> but 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 just based off of, I think, you know, the intellectual honesty of it, I think, no, they shouldn't be able to do that. Mm. I think that if her constituents voted her in to do the, I mean, off of those views. Yeah. If somehow they thought the conservative party was. <laughs> a communist. I, right. I don't. I don't. It's, it's, it's misguided. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't see. You're it. saying basically a representative represents the people. Yes. That's pure and simple. Yeah. What about on the other side though? People they they elected Lynn Cheney too. Yeah. Th- this is this is absolutely insane. And and I, you know I, I'm kind of just going off the fact that you know she she believes that the president should have been impeached. You know or needs to be impeached. She believes that. I don't know what her constituents think. I haven't even looked into mm-hmm. that. I don't I don't know what they think. But I don't think the Republicans again should be getting in, involved in, in, in ousting her from the party. This is kind of, is not kind of, this is going blatantly into a cult of personality type, yeah. you know, uh, you know, decision making w- within Congress. Um, no, I, I don't think they should kick her out at all. But it's, it's interesting because it's, it's highlighting this civil war right now within the Republican Party. You've got, you know, I don't want to say just Trump supporters, but you've got Trump supporters and you've got the people that believe in his policy. You've got another faction of the GOP that does not believe in that, or they want to move on. You know, it, it's, I think there's a lot of different personalities in there. They want to move on, they want to go in another direction, whatever. But now there's this, this, there's fracture within the party. Some believe in this, some believe in like, you know, America first type policies. The other ones, they want to do what they've been doing, the status quo. They want to make these deals with uh, the Democrat party while the Overton window continues to flow further and further to the left. I'm not one of those people. I, I don't like that. But then I'm not really in the other camp either. I completely, I think this is a perfect example why we do need a third party in this country. Mm. And, I, and I, I say that very cautiously because I think a third party would greatly benefit Democrats, yes. obviously in the short run. Yeah, especially, um, are you talking specifically about like the Trump envisioned Patriot Party or is it not is, really. is a different vibe? I think it's a different vibe. I, I think it's a more center-ish uh, party. Mm-hmm. Like um, a Mitt Romney party. 
Ooh, I, that's <laughs> is is that is he center? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a, a Mitt Romney Joe man. Got dirty up in here. Theory. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, as somebody who you think of as a moderate in the Republican Party now, like maybe Lindsey Graham would join that, or at least the old Lindsey Graham would have joined it for sure. I don't know More what this new Lindsey Graham is. Version right. 14.6 of Lindsey Graham. I'm not sure which side he'd fall on that. But you're saying that. That sort of establishment side of the party maybe goes to that group. More in that vein. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking for a party that both sides, and I, this is sounding very, very parliamentary, mm-hmm. but that both sides would have to form coalitions for to get things done. Yeah. So oh, e- yeah. everyone's always complaining, oh, you know, we let this group in, they don't get certain things done. If you had another party that you would have to, you know, build a coalition around to get more border security, or if you're on the left, if you want more, I don't know, you want more entitlements, uh, mm-hmm. if we can get any more, um, you know, or so whatever. They would have to build those coalitions. And now we wouldn't have to, you know, claim that the GOP is a conservative party anymore. Right. They're, they're, they're not, you know, and they're going further and further in the other direction. Doesn't this lead, though, to a world in which we're getting constantly moderate policies because the only way you can win is by getting these moderates. So constantly, you're not getting far, far, far left stuff, which would be good in our opinion, but you're also not getting really conservative things either. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm not too worried about that as long as the Constitution stays completely untouched. Yeah. I think what we're seeing now is we're getting, we're getting in that dangerous area where they are debating on ways to change the Constitution. You know, they are looking at rule changes like filibuster eliminations, you know, supermajority vote eliminations, stuff like that. New states. We know what that's for. That's to get a majority so that they will never lose power again. And they can eventually get rid of the mansions, you know, or people like that mm-hmm. to where they can say, OK, fine, filibuster's gone. Um, we're in a very dangerous spot right now, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, we need some kind of layer of protection on this, which yeah. is which is odd because. You know, since our founding, since the 1700s, we've had that built in, and now those things are in danger. I saw a stat today that I thought was fascinating. Um, uh, if you look at, I think Bill Clinton won 30 states when he won. I don't remember which election it was, 92 or 96, but he won 30 states. Of those, or thir- no, it was 32 states. Of the 64 senators um, in those states that represented the states Clinton won, these are Clinton states, it was something like a quarter of them, or 30% of them, were Republicans mm. in Clinton states. And this past when uh, in if you look at the Trump states, it's only uh, or if you look at the excuse me, the uh, Biden states, it's only like six percent now that are Republicans in states that have won. This divide has really I mean, we talk about polarization a lot. I mean, there's a lot of evidence to back that up. And I think I see it even in 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 the Republican Party now where like, you know, you could say Lynn Cheney, you don't like the way she stood on the on the uh, on the uh, impeachment. impeachment. And, I, you know, like I understand it. I, it's, I think that's a sensible view. Um, but, you know, like I just see this all the time where people like there's so we have to get rid of Lynn Cheney because she disagreed on this one issue. There's only 10 Republicans in the entire side that, that actually voted um, uh, for impeachment and another probably five maybe senators you're going to see like. We seemingly are completely incapable of, of digesting views even within the right now. Like, yeah. you know, like I, people do this all the time. Um, you know, uh, they'll, they'll say stuff like they'll be wrecking somebody else in their party. I see this a lot from sort of the nationalist sort of growth 
of conservatism, and I see it, you know, from other wings at all as well. But like, I see it from nationalists a lot. Where they'll say like, oh, I, you know, it's people like Jonah Goldberg. It's like if you're running a conservative party and you can't factor in the views of Jonah Goldberg, yeah. what the hell kind of party are you? I mean, like, we got to be adults here and be able to talk about these things openly. Because of one issue. I mean, yeah. the thing, the thing with Jonah Trump Goldberg, surrounded. right? Yeah. Exactly. And Cheney. It's one yeah. issue. She's she's been pretty, you know, pretty solid yeah, she on everything yeah. else. Yeah, she's critical of Trump's actions, basically. Right. It's not even a policy issue. Right. Because of that one cardinal sin, just for not, you know, agreeing with President Trump and what and what he did or did not do. Yeah. You're going to derail everything off that. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And, and, and there's this this idea that like and look, it's a frustrating time and people get upset with with things. But it's like. There's this idea that, like, the Republicans abandoned Trump and didn't help him. And it's like, well, where? what's the evidence for this? I mean, there was, again, 10 Republicans voted for impeachment, right? 10. 10 out of, like, 200. You know, they almost everybody stuck with the guy to literally the bitter end. Like, <laughs> where, like, he's kicked off of Twitter. He doesn't even have, he's not the president anymore. They still, they're still running around. They're trying to throw Lynn Cheney off of all of her leadership committees. Yeah. I mean, like, this is clearly Donald Trump's party. Clearly. So if there's going to be a third party, you'd think that either he's going to separate with his group or more likely... The GOP remains his group and somebody splinters off of that. Yeah, I, that's definitely going to be the fight, uh, especially after the, you know, the office of the former president has been established. And that's pretty much, I think, exactly what he said he's going to do mm-hmm. is he's going to start, you know, challenging all these people that, you know, stood against him. Um, I just don't like I don't like how it's about him and his personality. I know. Like if you're going to come up with national, like, there are people who like nationalist views, like more ideologically based than Trump. Uh, you know, okay, we can have that conversation. Like, it just seems like it's just really about whether you like the guy or not. Yeah. That seems to be the fight. That's yeah. a little disturbing. Uh, before we go, um, uh, you boycotted the NFL this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although you, too, you, 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 we gave you a couple of updates here on the show. Um, does this apply to the Super Bowl? Are you going to be Sunday just doing what you're doing, not even noticing the Super Bowl's on? So, yeah, my willpower runs only so far. It does not include the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, okay. Good. I will be watching the okay. Super Bowl. I will not watch the – I'm going to turn it – I'm not going to watch the opening of it because I just assume something might happen. I'm not going to watch the halftime show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm gonna, smart. I'm going to try and stay as clean as possible on that. But yes. I'm definitely going to watch from – the opening bell right down to the... Are you excited about this? I mean, Brady versus Mahomes. I mean, it's a... it's a. Yeah, I I don't know how you're even still in the building right now. I, I, I don't I'm, know my, how. My mind is. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> my, my mind's already in Tampa. By the way, I'll be off for the rest of the week. Follow me on Instagram, at uh, StuDoesAmerica. I'll try to post a bunch of updates from the game and uh, around the around Tampa. I'm. What's crazy about this is, yeah, I, I'm very... I, I'm, I hate Tom Brady. I do not like yeah, him. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. His life is too good. I, right? I That's know. That's the problem. I mean, wait, wait, did you have to marry a supermodel? I know. Come on. That did was, you have that was to a do cheap that? shot. That was a cheap <laughs> shot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love watching Mahomes play. I really do. I, I love the people in Tampa. I, you know, they love the Bucks there, but like, I just can't watch Tom Brady win again. I can't. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I mean, the, they've, the, this is the only the second time the, uh, the Buccaneers have been to the Super Bowl. Yep. And that's right as Tom Brady comes to. I mean, it's insane. Oh, if it, he's the best. I yes. was laughing at Bill Belichick when I saw their record. I was looking through the records. I yeah. saw that, and I was like, Seven "Oh my gosh!" Nine, so because yeah. he was always so arrogant. <laughs> it wasn't him, and the, and the players. You know, it wasn't the players. It was him that did it. That's gonna be interesting because so he it kind of ended that debate 
right away. <laughs> yeah. No, I will say that, like, you know, he's going to have a chance, right, to rebuild this team and see what he can do with the Patriots. And then they'll probably be good again. I mean, I think he is a good coach. Sure. But, I mean, Brady's just locked up. I, 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 as much as I, I do literally despise saying it, but, uh, you know, he's the best quarterback of all time. Whatever. Let's get, let's get, the, let's get off the air. Uh, Jason Buttrell, a head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Thanks for hanging out. Be sure to support Jason's work with a subscription to Blaze TV. You know, it's blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code, of course, is stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you know what? Maybe they'll think you like Jason as well. I don't know how that works. Uh, for a limited time, you'll save 30 bucks. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks. All right, back in a second. In the darkest days of the pandemic, I re-inspired this nation's economy by hopping on American Airlines and buying a flight. Check out the date on this one. April 6th. I bought my Super Bowl flight. Well, that flight finally happens tomorrow. So I'll see you in a few days. I'm going to enjoy Florida, the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. Go Andy Reid. Sorry, Tampa, don't hate me.